look who's coming up. to another edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily, the Friday edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard and ready to take you into the weekend with a lot of fun, a lot of information, and hopefully get you set for uh, your weekend fantasy football and fantasy baseball matchups, maybe your college uh, fantasy football matchups as well. Uh, Those are obviously very important. Uh, Right now, as uh, we're into the third week of the college football season. And we will also get you ready for your hockey drafts uh, coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Because those are obviously uh, very important uh, to uh, fans of the ice game. On the show today, oh, that's an old one. Uh, I don't know what, uh, why that didn't save, but... It didn't. Uh, so on the show today is Alex Muchinski. He is uh, the owner uh, behind Republic of Seventies nine franchises. Uh, this dude owns in UFFS. So he is all in a massive sports fan and just becoming pretty big hockey fan as well. Jason Bukala is going to join us as well. Uh, he is the man behind Pro Hockey Group. He was also the director of scouting for the Florida Panthers for a number of years and a North American scout with the Nashville Predators. Uh, he's at the Buffalo Sabres rookie camp. So I'm going to talk to him about what young players you should expect to make the jump this year and make an impact. Maybe some guys that are going to be there but might not be able to make that impact. And then guys you should not be counting on when it comes to your fantasy franchises and even being on a roster or making an impact. Like a guy like William Eklund, yeah, I think he's going to make an impact for sure. A guy like Dylan Holloway might be on the roster, might not have as big of an impact. So there's lots to choose from when it comes to young players, prospects, especially in the hockey world. Our Dauber Hockey Preview today is the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, So looking forward to telling you uh, a little bit about the Kings and uh, what you can expect from the LA Kings. And by the way, this is awesome. Uh, I told you about this a couple of days ago, but Dauber Hockey, as you covered, when it comes to player news, uh, the Roto World NBC Edge is going away and Dauber Hockey will be there with your coverage, awesome stuff, uh, and I'm really excited to announce our partnership with Dauber Hockey. Uh, we are going to have Michael Amato join us every Thursday here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily starting next week to get you set for the weekend and talk fantasy and help you win your league. So you'll make sure you want to tune in every Thursday, 5.20 p.m., also like to announce Tom Gazzola is joining the team. He joined us earlier this week. He's going to come on every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. So adding to our stable of stars, uh, already have Larry Fisher, Jamie Thomas, and, of course, Andy McNamara. So we're building a roster uh, just like everybody else in fantasy 
to help you uh, with your fantasy needs. Uh, So really excited about uh, that sort of stuff. All right, our uh, question of the day is how we start the show every day. And uh, today it's uh, not only, it's going to be an audio and visual uh, because, man, last night delivered a couple of outstanding plays. So who did it better, Mahomes or Williams, Mahomes with the side arm shuffle, Williams with the one arm dandy. So here they are. Make your choice. We'll talk in a second. Mahomes flushed out. Can't get him. Side arms it for a touchdown. Avoids the tackle and then just throws a side arm fastball. For the touchdown. It's just, you kind of run out of adjectives, the way he's able to keep this play alive. Tremendous athletic ability, but it's the vision, the eyes downfield, and the this, this sidearm to be able to make this play happen. It does it so often, but a good job of these receivers know. This drive. To the end zone, he goes. Anthony one-handed in the end zone to Mike Williams. Yes. He's in phase. Pretty good coverage. Kind of that slow release. But look at the location. Unbelievable catch to get the right hand down and makes that catch. But the location of the ball gives him a chance. Pretty tight coverage by Snead. Right hand, right buttock as well. This one was back and forth, as you would expect from a Chiefs-Chargers game. They're always close. They're always close. So, who did it better? Was it Mahomes, sidearm shuffle? Was it Williams, one-handed? These games are always tight. Last week's game, as mentioned, is okay, but the the Bills crushed the, the Rams. So tonight, last night rather, Chargers, Chiefs lived up to the billing, as you would expect, another close contest. Just wild. Uh, okay, so that's the question of the day. What did you think of the new Prime Video broadcast and the broadcast crew? I, I thought the broadcast was great. The, the graphics were good. Uh, it, was, it was good quality, especially for their very first broadcast. I, I give it a thumbs up. A thumbs up from me uh, when it comes to Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels. It was weird hearing Kirk Herbstreet do football call, uh, NFL. I'll, I'll tell you that. Known him all these as a, a college guy, uh, but Al Michaels, he's solid. He's as, as you know one of the best. So I thought it was good. I thought the production was good. Uh, I thought the pregame show uh, Fitzmagic was good. You know the the uh, uh, Sherman was good. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I thought I thought the production crew, um, the play by play, everything. I I was really really impressed and. You can't always say that uh, about uh, the very first broadcast of some things. I, I'd imagine, well, I remember the very first time I went on live television, if the guy I was talking about was watching would have sued me. Uh, so sometimes uh, live television, and this is a very experienced crew, and I thought they did a great job. So our top three uh, on the heels of Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet making their prime video Thursday night football debut. I want to know what your favorite broadcast play-by-play crews are who are your top three when it comes to any sport past or present 
it's Bob Cole, Harry Neal for me. And uh, honestly, if this was just play-by-play guys, Vin Scully would be in here. But he didn't have a color, guys, so it's kind of hard to call him a crew uh, when he very rarely uh, had a color guy, especially uh, when it came to uh, Dodger broadcasts. Uh, sometimes on the national broadcast and NBC and stuff, he would certainly jump in with guys. But Bob Cole, Harry and Heel, iconic hockey. Um, you know, they, they called not the golden goal for Sidney Crosby, but the 2002 Olympics in Salt Lake City with Mario, and it was magical. Bob Cole and the magical Mario nights and, and uh, the great Euler runs. So certainly that's a special place for me as a Canadian. Um People get upset when broadcasters get old and they start losing their touch, but that happens to everybody. Sometimes broadcasters have a a tendency to hang on. I could listen to Bob Cole now. I wouldn't care. Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth, uh, legendary Blue Jay broadcasters. Again, going back to my Canadian roots. And me and my buddy Chris Kilmery would play pitcher and catcher in the backyard listening to these guys and then emulate them. So they're two of the guys that probably got me really interested in being uh, a broadcaster and and then Vin Scully. And Jim Nance, Tony Romo in NFL. I mean, Jim Nance is great for the Masters and and he's terrific at golf, play-by-play. And he's even better. Like, I I probably wouldn't put Jim Nance with anybody else, but it's Tony Romo because he just predicts everything. So, for me, Bob Cole, Harry Neal, Tom Cheek, Jerry Howarth, Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Top three favorite play-by-play crews. Uh, would love to uh, hear your thoughts on that. Who do you love? Who do you love listening to? I'm a big Johnny Miller fan, too, which, is, which pains me because I hate the Giants. But listen, I, I used to love Johnny Miller and Joe Morgan on ESPN. I love that crew. Um, And so I still like to listen to Johnny Miller uh, when I can on uh, Giants games. Again, which pains me to watch such a bad baseball team. That one one is strictly for a specific Giants fan that I hope is watching out there, Mr. Pro-Am Sports. Um, Anyway, that's the question of the day, uh, or the top three, rather. Uh, So chime in on that, uh, top play-by-play. Uh, Cruz and our question of the day, who did it better? Let's get to a little recap last night of some fantasy points of the Thursday nighter. And, you know, obviously you were starting both quarterbacks and, and it's crazy. We'll get to some video a little bit later in the show of Justin Herbert. Like, I don't know how he was dropping dimes in the late going. And I haven't seen an update yet. How many ribs are broken, but he outpointed Mahomes. Lost the game, but he won the fantasy battle, and that's what we care about. Austin Eckler, uh, an okay game. Still, people are waiting uh, for the Austin Eckler that they drafted to show up. But Eckler had 39 yards, 55 in the air for 17 points, 8 catches. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm glad I didn't start him last night. He didn't reach the end zone. I'm in a touchdown-only league. He had 74 yards on the ground, 44 on the air. So he loses the running back battle by two points. 
The uh, the receiver is no contest. I don't know where Juju Smith-Schuster was, but he had 10 yards on three catches for three points where Mike Williams, as we told you, was going to eat it all up. 113 yards, a touchdown, 25 fantasy points. And we did tell you to start Josh Palmer, and if you did, you'd be walking away with double digits uh, from a number two guy because he had that touchdown, 30 yards on four catches. He caught all four that came his way in 13 points. Justin Watson, we didn't have on the list, and we were wrong. He picks up two catches, 50 yards. Obviously, one of them, the big one, is the touchdown. He gets 13 points. I don't think anybody saw that coming, and I don't know how many people would have started Justin Watson last night, other than maybe in uh, Ultimate uh, uh, American Fantasy Football League. Uh, and then the, the uh, tight ends. I can't believe this. Gerald Everett outpoints Travis Kelsey. This first week and a bit has been a bit of a bizarro world in the NFL. I mean, the Chiefs are spreading the ball around, but you'd expect Travis Kelsey to still get more catches than five and 51 yards. Like Justin Watson had as many yards, you know, one big play. So the fantasy side goes to the Chargers easily, and if you started them, you're loving it, but the, the Chargers lose the game as a result. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go through a few more of the interesting uh, plays uh, in that contest uh, a little bit later on. But from a fantasy point of view, you got what you were expected from Herbert. You got what you are expecting from Williams. You certainly would like more from Eckler, and you're disappointed in Travis Kelsey. Like, for the... For the Kansas City Chiefs winning that game last night, they really only produced Pat Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Justin Watson for double-digit points. Now, they did get a touchdown, a 99-yard touchdown, so if you have their defense or special teams, you're getting six points out of that. But Mahomes certainly, you know, 24 of 35, only 235 yards, two touchdowns. A step back from last week, Hebert th- Herbert throws the uh, uh, interception, uh, so that obviously uh, takes away a little bit of that playing time. And before we get to break and bring in Alex Muchinski-Mooch, check this out. I'm going to read you some stats. This is from an article I found on uh, CBS. So player A has a 25-5 and record, 78 touchdown passes, 17 interceptions, and a 105.9 passer rating. Player B has an 0-4 record, 6 touchdown passes, 8 interceptions, and a 71.5 passer rating. So here's the trick of this question. Both players are Tom Brady. Player A is Tom Brady against every team he's faced in the regular season, except the New Orleans Saints since joining the Buccaneers. Player B is Tom Brady against one team, the Saints. This is wild. Like, this is Brady's kryptonite. So if you have Brady, and you may want to rethink this going into this weekend. Look at this. 7.4% sack rate versus the Saints drops to 2.6 at every other team. The pressure rate. An extra 12%. When not blitzed, it goes up. 
Pre- passer rating when when pressured is a whopping 23.7. That's a massive drop from almost 70% against everybody else. Even when he's not getting blitzed. Look at that passer rating. So is this Brady's kryptonite? And will you start Tom Brady this weekend against the Saints? Oh, Nick VIP says Rick Jenneretta is up there. Yeah, he was good for the Buffalo Sabres. Did not like the May Day uh, against the Boston Bruins because I was against Andy Moog, but Rick Jenneret definitely is up there. So, will you start Brady this weekend, even though he's basically playing with one hand behind his back whenever he places the plays the uh, New Orleans Saints? That's the tough calls of fantasy. And uh, Lady Fantasy is a cruel mistress if you choose wrong. Let me tell you that. All right, uh, a guy who has chosen all right uh, since joining UFFS. Nine franchises he owns. We're going to talk with Alex Muchinski when we return. I'm just going to get him all set up. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds. Uh, it is just after 4.20 p.m. It's uh, 4.21 p.m. in uh, the Eastern Time Zone. 2.21 in the West, where I am located, just outside of uh, Edmonton. Uh, but we're going to head to uh, a part of the world I have never been to, but I really want uh, to go at, at some point. And when I want to go is kind of around now, but a, a week ago, U.S. Open. It's literally one of my favorite events, so I'll have to I'll have to get there at some point. And when I do, I know that my good friend Mooch will be my uh, tour guide on uh, on a nice trip to New York. How are you, my man? How are you? Can you hear me all right? I sure can. Yeah, we all we right, got this great. one figured out. Wanted to uh, just say I, I love the show. I've been watching it or listening, at least listening. No, not always watching, but listening to it almost religiously. Uh, you know, I can do it in my car, even, uh, you know, if I'm in transit and stuff. So 
Uh, great job. It's, uh, it's enjoyable. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad people are liking it. And, you know, we're building and, and we're adding. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there uh, at some point. Uh, before we get into um, the AL East and the things that are going on with baseball, we got to talk about your involvement. Uh, you have nine franchises. This is something that I absolutely love. Uh, and I got them all here. So let's take a look at these incredible logos. I'm going to actually get rid of that ticker because it blocks it out. I mean, this is amazing. And the most amazing thing for me, Mooch, is your first franchise was a hockey team. <laughs> I would have never thought it. It, it just, the, that's how the, uh, that's how this opportunity came about. And with Luke contacting me and I was like, well, here we go. I wasn't expecting it to be hockey, but, um, you know, I'm glad I did though. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's a, a phenomenal league. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, a great group of guys. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice cause it's in its, I guess, third season now. And it, a lot of the hiccups that some of the other, um, some of the other leagues have, they've worked their way through already. So it, it's, it's, it's a great league. And, uh, I've become, I'm, I've become a hockey fan as my family makes fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My favorite story was the the World Juniors, for an odd reason, was in the summer this year, and usually it's in the winter. But my favorite story was you were on vacation watching junior hockey on the beach, and I'm sure you were getting strange looks. Oh, my 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 buddy who, you know, he, he, he likes fantasy, but he's into fantasy football mainly, and he's like, what the hell are you involved in? He's like, World Hockey Junior. You know, I mean, he's like looking at me you know, as we're having cocktails on the beach and I'm checking, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'll have my phone on and I'll have like a World Hockey Junior game. He's like, there's no one in the stands there. You're watching this thing. And, and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, there, there was nobody in the stands. He was right. It no, was, a, it really was a bizarre. Really and, you know, usually uh, it's it, full. And and it's yeah. not usually in in the summer, so well, they, they, uh, they overcharged. You know, oh, uh, what yeah. was it, hundred bucks a tick? You know, come on. Yeah, they really they didn't read the room at, at all in, in that, and hopefully we never have to go through that again because that tournament yeah. is better uh, when it's freezing outside and you have nothing to do but stay inside and and watch yeah. hockey. So, of all these logos, the I'm, I'm the one you didn't design was Red Army because that was the team that you purchased right. first of all. How much mm -hmm. fun and how much pride do you take in these logos? And and there's a there's obviously a theme. I'll kind of let you uh, tell that behind the the seven C's. Uh, block, Republic blockchain, uh, but there's also some personal touches with each of these as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, every one of these uh, was done by Ross Mongru, so I want to shout out to him. Uh, you know, he, he showed immense patience with us. Uh, you know, there was times where, you know, he'd work hard on something. We were like, nah, Ross, we got, we got to roll something different here. And he's probably like, oh, this guy's being a pain in the ass. But, you know, he had, he had patience with us and he, we came out with stuff that we really love. And, you know, um, I, I like our football, how we're kind of all the same theme. Um, there's kind of a different story behind every one of these, uh, you know, uh, and um it, it's it's been great even even red army i'll be honest I, when i first bought it i was like i don't love it but it's really grown on me and um 
So, you know, Skyhooks, you know, I'm a huge Hoops fan, of course. Skunks, my daughter came up with that one. <laughs> Love it. Midnight, Midnight Riders, I'm a huge Almond Brothers fan. I've seen them like 40 times. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, they're, they're all very uh, important to me. Uh, and, so I, I, I'm, uh, I'm really proud of them. And the story behind Seven Seas Republic, and that's your world junior team, is Republic of Seven Seas. But this goes back to your childhood and, and something that, uh, you know, you guys did as kids with one of your best friends, and, oh, and yeah, now you're yeah. doing it here. I, I think I said that, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we had this paper football league, and, you know, we were, I don't know, we were in fourth grade or something, and we, but we had it all organized. You know, we went at every country, and we had a whole, we had a whole league or, you know, total workout session between me and Tommy, but we called it the Seven Seas, uh, Seven Seas Football League. And so when we first got involved in this UFFS project, we were like, well, what's our name going to be? And we, we were just kind of sitting there and we we're like, how about Seven Seas? And so here we go. So yeah, it's, um, it's catchy, you know, it's, it, it, we, we like it. And, uh, it's uh it's it's been nice and we're not done by the way there's there's f- there's five more things i want you know All right. we uh we want uh i want golf um uh, premier league i'm a huge premier league fan um college hoops uh I, i'm doing i'm doing a listen how crazy i am i'm doing a fake horse racing thing now with yeah. ross and the ufhr i'm involved <laughs> in that and i'm like well, i don't even i don't know the first thing about it but i'm doing that and because, uh, you know, again, it, it, I don't know the first thing about horses, but Ross and Emma are so enthusiastic about it. I'm like, all right, let's let's do this. Like, I need another thing to keep track of. Um, and then uh, UFC, UFC. I'm a big UFC fan. So after that, I might be done, though. Lam. I mean, Dean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be what? done. I might be done after that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I I love the the passion behind it, and you know we're all working hard to make this not just a really cool fantasy league, but uh, something bigger than that. So we really appreciate uh, your passion and your involvement uh, for sure. And something that we talk a lot about is uh, you know we're here in Canada, there, and I'm not the biggest Blue Jays fan, uh, but there's a lot of Blue Jays fans on our platform and in our league. Uh, but this race in the American League East. Uh, whether, you know, I, like, I think the only thing in the American league is Houston. They've, they've got it settled. I'm pretty sure the Yankees are getting a playoff spot. It's, you know, it's only six and a half games. So I wouldn't say it's nailed down, but there's still a lot to watch and a lot to enjoy in this last 20 games or whatever it might be. Oh, well, first of all, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're I think we're all right now. Six and yeah. a half up with, uh, with a couple weeks. I think, you know, if, if, you know, uh, if there, unless there's a monumental collapse, we should hold on for the division. It doesn't mean I'm happy with the way they've played this second half, but uh, you know. Anyway, and but even if they even if they weren't, the the season judge is having is enough reason to tune in. I mean, he's. Uh, I, I know you had Beavis on here talking nonsense a couple weeks ago, but he's he, clearly the MVP. It's not even a, a discussion. You know, he's got 57 home runs, and next guy has like 37. He he's he might win the triple crown. Uh, he's doing it in New York, which is the hardest place to play. What, what's Otani doing? He's sitting there, and no one cares about Anaheim. Um, so you know, it's it's uh, it, he's clearly the MVP. And just watching him, 
Um, I'm hoping he can be, uh, he, he's obviously not going to catch Bonds, but he can catch Maris. He's got a five home run, five, six home runs to catch Maris. And to be the top Yankee uh, home run hitter is a, is a huge uh, accomplishment. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, nobody's even talking about anything except for Maris uh, because, you know, they're, they're focused. This is such a, a special number that goes back to 61. There's, there's, I have no, I think, he get, I think he could get it done this weekend, man. This guy, I don't know why they're throwing fastballs to him. It makes zero yeah. sense. Uh, that's a, that's the only reason he may not break the record is I, I don't know why teams are pitching to him right now. Uh, you know, and, uh, in, with, with how feeble the rest of the lineup is, why are you even le- remotely letting him beat you? But teams still are. So, um, uh, I, I, that's my big worries. I, 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 I there's going to be a lot of intentional walks in the next couple weeks. So yeah, we have to see how that goes. Who, uh, as a Yankees fan, who would you like the Yankees to, to face in the playoffs? Obviously, they they're going to get a buy. Uh, who do they? Who do you like them uh, facing uh, in the postseason? Um, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. I, every once you get there, it's hard because you could say, oh, "All right, well, it's easier if uh, you know where they get not not Houston, but they can get Seattle or Toronto." Mm-hmm. But you know, once you get in these small series, uh, the, they're they're just tough. Um, and uh, you know, I mean, there's been other, there's been years where I've said, "Oh, I want I want you know Cleveland," and then Cleveland beat us when Jabba and all the mosquitoes yeah. and then you know, so like uh, it's the playoffs are a different thing. And and quite frankly, I'm not a you know I'm not I'm not convinced as a team that can go far in the playoffs. Um, obviously I'm rooting for them, but, but they're, they've proven very little to me in the second half that they're, they're, they're a team that can go far in the playoffs. Their, their hitting has been virtually non-existent takeaway judge that their pitching has been good, not great, but good. And, uh, the relief has been a, a, a mash unit. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, look, uh, you know, could they win? Certainly. Uh, and I'm rooting for them, but this second half has left me a lot to be desired for, unfortunately. Uh, what was week one of the NFL uh, like for you for in from a UFAFL uh, perspective? Uh, I, I, I know you're a Brady guy, and uh, I just brought up some Brady stats. Well, yeah. not, a Brady, not a Brady guy. Brady guy in fantasy. I know you're not a Brady fan in, in real football. No, I mean... You know, yeah, we're, you know, the problem is in, in UFAFL, you know, you, you, we're locked into Brady. There's no, there's no way we're not, you know. So it, 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 it's, it's easy to say, uh, yeah, he historically doesn't do well against the Saints, but <laughs> it's not like I'm going to – my other guy's Zach Wilson. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so there you go with that. Um, and so we got to go Brady. Um, and, and plus – you know, I, your analysis was really good just then. But, you know, when you start playing matchups like that in fantasy and you start yeah. overthinking yourself, the fantasy gods don't like that. And they always, you know, I, I've done that. Oh, you you know, you go in, he's playing at home and they never do this at home. And you try to you try to come up with some scenario and you, and you make some wild start. It just doesn't work. You know, you, you get your you, the way to win fantasies. You get your guys. 
you, you have your starting unit, you go with them, you roll every week, you, 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 you don't miss when they do well that way. And um, so, yeah, I mean, though I, I enjoyed the analysis, we, we don't have a choice with that one. We got <laughs> to roll Brady, you know. And, uh, yeah, our team – our team is better this year. We mi- we narrowly missed the playoffs last year. Uh, we have a lot more depth this year. Um, I don't feel we have, you know, quite have enough fire- firepower, I think, to be the main contender. But I-, I feel we are a playoff team. So, you know, let's uh, let's see how, how that goes. We, um, you know, that, that was a that first season was a learning experience for us. You, you need the UFAFL is a whole different monster. You need a lot of depth. Yeah. And that that threw me off, you know, having a 52 man roster it, it, and where they all are playing and getting points. It's it's hard to, um, you know, you look at almost no, no team has real significant depth. Yeah, and you, you need a team to run it, uh, That that's for sure. Uh, I love that you guys build your teams. Uh, I love that your daughter named your uh, UFWBA mm-hmm. franchise, and obviously the Skyhooks uh, had a pretty good season. And, and just, you know, the thing I love about UFFS is now I'm watching college football because we have a college football league. I'm looking at it. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're looking into F1. I'm watching racing more. You know, I'm watching the WNBA to see what's going to happen in, in the final. And, you know, last night, you know, it was, it was an incredible night for the WNBA. The first time a, a person scores a triple-double in the final, Alyssa Thomas was great. I mean, you must be just in heaven with the, the basketball leagues that you got and, and turning it into a family uh, affair. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I mean, I'm you know we're we're a basketball oriented family with both my daughters playing. Um, me, I like every sport, as as you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, with with this UFS platform, there is literally not a day that goes by where I'm not looking at something. And uh, and you know, and, and, you, and then it gets back to you said, oh, how, how the hell do you do it? And the reason and the the way I do it is I have a fantastic team of people. I have, I have Tommy, who uh, to- Tommy's a GM for baseball and football. I have, I have John Sullivan, who's assistant GM for about five sports. He's main GM for college. He, he was our coach in Legends football and won the thing. He's an unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, uh, video game player. Um, I have Jeff and Andrew in hockey. I have uh, Greg Maz, who's going to be doing horse racing. He helps us out in baseball. Um, I have a person lined up when we when we get Premier League. So I mean, uh, I have great people, and and they're passionate. They, they share. We all share the same vision. We want this to be um, something where hopefully in five years we're all working on it full time. You know, right now I got it. We all have to do our day jobs, and it's kind of a second job for us. But we envision a time where this is like our primary thing. So, yeah, I, I think that's what that's what we all uh, look to do. Um, I love that that you got the family involved with it uh, as well, uh, with your daughter naming 
the skunks. And uh, th- that's part of the fun, too, is the creativity, uh, building it, feeling like you're uh, running an actual franchise. And uh, we're, we're, like I said, we're so uh, thankful that you're part of this, Mooch, and that you found us. And uh, I can't wait till you own uh, five more. And, and we, we're building from there. So in, <laughs> yeah, enjoy, well, yeah. the, enjoy the playoffs, man. That's going to be, be fun. That might be it after that, man. <laughs> I, 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 that might be it. <laughs> Uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the Yankees run, uh, whatever it might be, and uh, we'll talk again soon, man. All right. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate All it. All right. You betcha. Uh, there is uh, Alex Machinsky. Uh, Mooch, we all know him as. And how about that? Massive baseball, basketball, football fan, and the first franchise he buys is the defending champion, Red Army. Uh Arnie says, I might lean towards giving Mooch the MVP, either him or Otani. Uh, that was the big, and, and Mooch made his case. He, he made his case for, uh, for Aaron Judge. All great logos, says Andrea and Andy Mack, with just the Mooch. Prestige Worldwide, uh, Arnie says, I'd choose to play Toronto in the playoffs. That team is built poorly for the postseason play. Bad fundamentals, questionable pit, bullpen, can't hit for contact. Mariners would be the tree team I'd try to avoid. They look legit. Yeah, Seattle's coming on strong. Um, I also wouldn't want to face Tampa. I ne- I would never want to face Tampa, although Shane Baz not coming back. He's done for the season. That was a big blow for them. They thought maybe they'd be able to get him back. Uh, I think somebody took him like uh, with their f- first pick in the UFLB, and, and I was counting on him coming back this year in my fantasy baseball team. Now it'll be two years that I'm waiting for this guy. But the good thing is Shane Baz will be like raring to go uh, even before spring training. So hopefully uh, he gets back because he has a lot of potential. All right. uh, As mentioned, love uh, the conversation uh, with Mooch and uh, all those incredibly amazing logos like like one more time let's take a look at these logos those are gorgeous those are great professional logos for professional fantasy franchises you can get in the game as well where you own the game head to uffsports.com and uh find out how you can get in to ownership brand new website design looks really cool when we come back we are going to have fantasy no we're gonna have trade master 3000 that's what we're going with trade master 3000 in just a minute or two
righty. Thanks very much for uh, sticking around. Uh, just had a couple of things to fix quickly before we could get back on the air. But this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, and this is The Marsh just outside of Edmonton. Thanks so much for spending a part of your Friday uh, with us today. If you're listening, watching on uh, Twitch, chime in. Tell us where you're watching from. You can also find this show on YouTube in replay format. It's uploaded every day. And you can also find it in audio, simple podcast form, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Just search for that wherever you get your podcasts as well on YouTube, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. So interesting, Arnie is saying that the Blue Jays are not a postseason built team. But it's it's amazing how they have the starting pitching. I I realize the uh, the bullpen is banged, but they have a legit closer, and they've got three good starters to get them into a series. Hitting can can flip like a switch. Like look at the Cardinals last year; they went on like a nineteen and zero run, and the Dodgers wiped them out. So I'm not saying that Seattle isn't red hot. Or if Cleveland gets in, they'll have, you know, playing with house money. The Jays certainly have more pressure on them. But if the Jays are hosting, I think they can win the series, whoever they're facing, first of all. And that's the important thing for them to get that top spot in the wild card spot. So then you're hosting whoever it is you're facing, whether it's Seattle or Tampa or, or whatnot. So that is the big thing, is getting on top of the wild card spot you know, with wherever 20 games left, not even 20 games left, probably 19 games left. Right now, the Jays in Seattle are tied. Tampa Bay is uh, a half game back. So this this is going to go down to the wire. These guys are going to be switching like crazy. Yankees probably have enough. They've, they're back on track now. They've won four in a row. But the Jays got crushed last night. All righty, uh, let's get to a little Trade Master 3000 now. Um, not going to be the longest edition. We don't have that many uh, that have come in, but uh, let's fire up Trade Master 3000 right now. <laughs> Now, you can send uh, your uh, trades in that we will feed to the beast, and it will uh, spit out crazy results. Uh, the first trade, actually, from Van Banana Man on uh, Twitter. This, this is an, We said any kind of trade. We said any kind of uh, trade. So, Patrick Mahomes to the Blue Jays. In return, the Toronto Argonauts will send McLeod Bethel Thompson to the Chiefs. Interesting. Mahomes looked like a ball player last night. Let's feed the beast. All right. And what is the response? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, I would say so. Who'd you talk about? So, uh, unfortunately, uh, you have cr uh, confused Tradebaster3000 uh, because it doesn't know how you would trade... A football player to a baseball play team and get a baseball player back. But good try, though. I like it. 
Child, please. Okay, let's get to our first trade. This one was actually pulled off in Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. What do you think of this trade, by the way? Is this a fair trade that you would look at? The Mystics get Justin Schultz and Yevgeny Svechnikov. The North Stars get Colin White and Yuso Valamaki. So Schultz is making a little bit uh, more money than, than people expected uh, with the Kraken. So let's find out what this trade, uh, what this uh, thinks from Trademaster 3000. Missed it by that much. Does not like that, but it's close. Maybe if Schultz was making a little less money, maybe. All right, let's check it out from a North Star's perspective, who's been very busy. They get Colin White and Yuso Valamaki. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, a random Trademaster 3000 liking that. So you can submit these to at Duck Millard or at UFS Network. Uh, we will get them on here as much as we can. Trademaster 3000, we feed the trades. It comes back with interesting results. Here's one, a Duckman's Domination. We sent uh, Mark Stahl of the Florida Panthers to Kamikaze, who was looking for a veteran, and we got back youngster Bodie Wild. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Well, that's interesting that Trademaster 3000 would come back because Keanu Reeves' character in that surfing movie was Bodie, I think. That's interesting. So from a kamikaze point of view, what does Trademaster 3000 think of this trade? Dynamite! Yeah, I'll tell you, this was not a fun trade to make. We, we wanted to get a little bit younger, uh, but Mark Stahl is a very affordable contract, um, and Bodie Wild is, is not even playing. Am I hot? Yeah, I'm hot. That's a crock of crap. Well, obviously, Trademaster 3000 is not a fan of, of what we did because Bodie Wilde is not playing. What we've got here is failure to communicate. All right, so we'll get back to these. If uh, we get a few more that uh, trickle in, uh, you can send in uh, your trades on uh, Twitch, if you like. Drop them in the message board. Or you can get them to me at Duck Millard on Twitter. Uh, Phil Beavis, they say Mahomes was one hell of a baseball player. Yes, dad was a good pitcher. That sidearm throw that he made last night, that was a that was a shortstop, man. This was a shortstop throw by Mahomes. Flushed out. Can't get him. Sidearms it for a touchdown. Avoids the tackle and then just throws a sidearm. So impressive. Like, that is from years of playing baseball. Just so great. Like, he fakes and then gets it in. So great. So awesome from uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so how about Justin Herbert? Like, 
This guy could not throw the ball properly last night. And I know there was a big discussion in our chat group about why is he like, look at that. He's like, just like, get it out of my hand. And so you're thinking, this guy's got to get out of the game. And then he just throws a dart on fourth down. So what do we know? We're watching this game. He's probably got broken ribs. Like, if if you threw, if you showed those two plays back to back to somebody, they might not even believe they're in the same game because the guy couldn't throw the ball. And look at that. Look at that throw. And then, you know, he comes up here and throws to the end zone to Palmer, who we told you about yesterday. That was incredible. That was just an incredible, you know, gritting, gutting it out. And you, you've heard the coach after say there's nobody tougher. That, it, was, it was wild. But what do you think? Do you think, like, was it worth... Justin Herbert almost winning that game and helping you maybe win your fantasy week if he's out two weeks? If they win, obviously, you're... But, I don't know. And then, of course, the uh, the play of the game last night. And if this goes Herbert's way, they're laughing. Again, quick tempo. And picked off at the one-yard line. That is Watson out in front. Steve. So, you know, we debated this last night, and it was debated on uh, social media as well. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that pick? Everett, I guess, has the option, but should have came back in. Or sold it better, in my opinion. Again, I'm not a quarterback, but that was the killer. That was the the play of the game last night that took this from a amazing comeback story uh, while hurt for Justin Herbert to uh, pick. Like, he looked like a pinata. He got slammed like Goldberg style at one point last night. And he still came back and hit Josh Palmer uh, to get to make it a three-point game. So that was a it was an impressive contest last night. I was very impressed. Uh, as for tonight, you know we're on the Aaron Judge watch, right? What happens with Judge? Does he hit fifty-eight tonight? Interesting with chatting with Mooch about the reason he might not get 61 is teams aren't pitching to him, but they still are. They're in the, I think they're taking on Milwaukee tonight. Yeah, they are. I think Aaron Judge is going to come out of this weekend tied with Roger Maris. That's what I think is going to happen. So you got Judge chasing... 61, 62, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you think uh, is the magical number. 61 to tie it, obviously. 62 to break it. So you got Judge doing that. 
Then you got this guy. Juan Soto? Like, did you, like last night, this was unbelievable from Juan Soto. This is the epitome of not having confidence. Like, look at that pitch. That's a close pitch. He thinks it's a walk, and he gets rung up. Way too many close pitches going by. By the way, that was the first strikeout of the career for Drew or for Dre Jameson, who we talked about yesterday. We told you he was called up by the D-backs. Seven times in his last 10 games, Soto has struck out. Just three hits in the last 15 games or 44 at-bats. No home runs during that span. The Big Hurt said it last night. He said that they should be concerned about their playoff chances. Right now, he is 84th ranked on CBS. How high did you draft Juan Soto in your dynasty league? Did he go first in your league? Wow. By the way, Jameson last night uh, threw a gem in his first MLB start. Seven innings, two hits, no earned runs, five Ks, including that strikeout of uh, Juan Soto. So, nice job, Dre Jameson. Another guy we told you about the other day got called up, Jordan Groshans. Called up by the Marlins this week. He did this last night. And Groshans hits this one down the line. And it's gone. His first career home run. Stay locked in, folks. <laughs> the best is his brother. That's be his careful, brother going wild. Careful. Oh. Really good story there. Former Blue Jay. Uh, but the brother goes absolutely bananas. That's excellent news. Absolutely love that reaction. Like, he, he ran the whole field. I love it. His brother's on the phone, and then he's gone. He's, he's, he's off. He's off to the races. He's doing laps around the uh, stadium last night. That's great news. Great news uh, uh, for the former Blue Jay. Uh, Other baseball news uh, to tell you about. The Braves are activating Ozzie Albies uh, with a broken foot. He was on the 60-day IL. Huge for the Braves and Moonshot in UFLB. They're already a top-10 team leading the Mickey Mantle division. And getting stronger. The Braves, a game back in the Mets in the NL East for uh, for the playoff spot. And for anybody in fantasy playoffs, this is massive. This could put you over the top. Now, here's my... I always look at this, and, and I'm torn at this point in the season. I always like to wait for guys one start before they come back from injury. You might not have that luxury because you might be like, I need Albies. And if he goes out and hits a couple home runs, You'd be so mad at me. I might wait. It's a broken foot. Wait till he gets his game timing back. That's just me, but watch. I'll go out and hit a bomb tonight for 
Atlanta. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into our Dauber Hockey NHL preview. Uh, it is going to be the LA Kings on uh, the docket today. That is still to come on the program. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We're back in 30 to 60 seconds. After 5 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 2 p.m. in the Pacific region, and I believe that'd be 6.30 in Newfoundland, Donnie Talk, Kyle Roberts, where are you? I need to, I need to know what time it is in Newfoundland on the rock. Okay, um, we are still going to chat with uh, Jason Bukala, who is uh, the pro hockey group and former director of... Uh, scouting for the Florida Panthers. He's at the Buffalo Sabres Prospect Tournament today. Uh, that kicked off last night with uh, Buffalo, Montreal. Not sure if he was there last night, but today Boston, Ottawa, Montreal, New Jersey. The uh, Canucks Young Stars Tournament is uh, getting underway today in Penticton as well. Uh, Calgary, I think it's Calgary, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Edmonton. Those are the four teams at uh, that one. So we'll talk with Jason a little bit uh, about what he's seeing uh, as far as uh, prospects in that tournament. By the way, if you want to bet responsibly, I have a 125% bonus to bet on sports. Use my link to get this special offer. Check out at Duck Millard on Twitter. The link is in my bio. Head to BetUS and get the 125% bonus. Bet on big games this weekend, whether you're the pro or the amateur, the NFL or a little college hockey Okay, we are going to get into our um, L.A. Kings uh, team preview. Uh, and these are presented by Dauber Hockey. And uh, by the way, as mentioned, we are adding to the roster uh, the, the stable of uh, superstars uh, that will be joining this show on a weekly basis 
has grown. Uh, not only do we have Larry Fisher and we have Andy McNamara and Jamie Thomas, but now we'll have Tom Gazzola on Wednesdays. He covers the Oilers. He also uh, is with NHL Network. And we're going to have Michael Amato from Dauber Hockey every Thursday at 5.20. And Dauber Hockey has you covered. So let's get to the Dauber Hockey preview when it comes to the Los Angeles Kings. And we'll get to the uh, Dauber Hockey uh, lineup in just a second. I'll uh, clear off that ticker so we can see. The top three stars I'm going with, Angers Kopitar of the Stallions, Kevin Fiala of the Royals, and Drew Doughty of the Battlehawks. I think those are still the three top guys offensively for me, uh, two forwards and a defenseman. Now, you might think differently, and, and lots of people could. Adrian Kempe uh, could certainly get some votes when it comes to that. But I think that uh, those are the three guys. And the breakout player, this is hard for me to do, Arthur Kaliev. I traded him to the Stallions. We got Bo Horvat in the package, so we're really excited. But Kaliev is a absolute snipe show and could be, end up being a 40-goal scorer. So he's my breakout player. I think he's going to have... They've got some depth now. He's going to get more playing time. I think he ends up in the top six at some point. The sleeper I have is Cal Peterson. Now, I think at some point Cal Peterson is going to take over this spot. And I think it's going to be this year. I know Dauber Hockey still predicting 39 games uh, for Jonathan Quick and 46 for Cal Peterson. I think that number is going to be 50-plus. And Cal Peterson's a good goalie. So when you look at this lineup, obviously uh, Kopitar and Kempe have great chemistry, and now you throw Kevin Fiala in there, and you could have two 30-goal scorers on that line. Philip Deneau was so good last year in the playoffs. It was incredible. And still a guy who can chip in with 50 points. Now, it's interesting that the Kings are, uh, or Dauber Hockey looking at a third line of Byfield, Ayafalo, and Kaliev. That could be a dominant line in a couple of years. Not sure they'll be there this year, but I think Kaliev still could be a breakout guy and get 20 to 25 goals. Dowdy, Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy, Jordan Spence, Dursey, who they just signed, and Alex Edler. And then the goaltending situation, uh, as I pointed out, I, I really think that you are going to see Cal Peterson play over 50 games this year. This is a team that took the Oilers... You know, played the Oilers really hard. They got better with Kevin Fiala. They did trade away Brock Faber, who would have been a guy that might might be able to crack their blue line in a year or two. But they do have some guys coming on the blue line. So I like this team. I think at some point you're going to see Kaliev switch with Victor Arvidsson, but Arvidsson does have the veteran and, you know, Plays a, plays a really nice role with Philip Deneau. So maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe it's on the other side with Moore, although Moore was good in the playoffs against the Oilers uh, last year as well. But there's the lines from 
uh, Puckpedia, which gets them from Daily Faceoff, and they still have Quick as the starter. That's a that's a lot of money in your goaltending. Got over ten million tied up in both goalies. Now you're not Montreal where it's ten million tied up in one goalie, but still, it's a it's a good chunk of change for your goaltending. Uh, Jonathan Quick is going to be nearing the end. Okay, so actually, it's the last year of Jonathan Quick's deal. So, in that respect, it's not the worst because you know you're not going on and on and on for a couple of years with that. So they'll be done with it after this year. And 36-year-old, I don't even know if Jonathan Quick will be back next year. So you'll be starting over. But an interesting top line of uh, just over $23 million. As far as top lines go, that's relatively cheap. All right, uh, one other hockey story, and unfortunately this is not another good story when it comes to Hockey Canada. This from Rick Westhead yesterday of uh, TSN. Hockey Canada has confirmed to me, in addition to alleged incidents in 2003 and 2018, it has hired two Ottawa-area lawyers, Aaron Durant and Brian Ward, to weigh merits of a third sexual assault allegation. Durant and Ward have discretion to decide if formal investigations take place, Hockey Canada says. Hockey Canada didn't provide any details about the third investigation, either timing of alleged incident, parties involved, or when complaint was received. Hockey Canada wrote lawyers, Durant and Ward will, quote, manage the process moving forward. Awful, awful. And K.O. McCarr said, we need to get to the bottom of this. My parents have been paying fees every year, and to find out this is what it's going to is awful. Now, let's be really careful about condemning people for what they say. Connor McDavid yesterday said he's proud to be Canadian and proud to, to represent Hockey Canada. And this is terrible and shouldn't happen to anyone. He got ripped for that. Just because somebody doesn't get on a soapbox and say and denounce it with, you know, amazing passion doesn't mean they don't care. And, and let's, listen, this is a, in, um, inconceivable that this would have happened to somebody. And it is awful. And the people that did this should be punished to the full extent that is available. But I am, I'm a proud Canadian. I like watching Canadian teams. Not every Canadian player who has worn the Maple Leaf is guilty of this. In fact, it's going to be a small number when you factor it at all. Does this happen? Yes, and it's awful. Should never happen. Shouldn't happen in any walk of life. But it happens. It 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 happens in all life. Sexual assault, sexual harassment. Thankfully, it's coming to light more. People are coming forward about it. But do not just tarnish a guy because he doesn't have the same response as somebody else. It's sad. It's awful. Never should happen. In any walk of life. But just because a guy doesn't jump up and down 
saying, you know, this is the worst thing ever. It doesn't mean they don't care or they don't have apathy. And just because a person says, I'm proud to be Canadian, it doesn't mean that they're a jerk and they're insensitive. Of course, the victim is the most important person, people in these situations. But there are also thousands of really good kids and men and women out there that play sports, that play hockey, that this doesn't happen. So I I desperately want them to get to the bottom of this and desperately want them uh, to punish the people that are responsible for this. Okay, so I showed you this really quickly before we brought Mooch on, but I want to go back to this. And Mooch is right. In, in regular fantasy, or in UF, uh, UFAFL, you know, he's, he's, he's not going with his backup. But would you consider not starting Tom Brady this weekend? I want to know some, I want to hear from somebody who is considering benching Brady against New Orleans, and I want to know who your backup is. Because that's the thing. You can maybe, like, listen, if you grab Matt Ryan off the waiver wire this week, that, that's a guy you could start. I, I, I might start him over Brady this week. But if Connor Rush is your guy, start Brady. Like, if... Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. It it has to fit the situation. But this is no these are awful, horror awful, as Charles Barkley would say, numbers. Let's start a poll question. New poll question. Would you start Brady versus the Saints? Yes. No. Very simple. Poll question at the top of your chat on Twitch. Would you start Tom Brady this weekend against the Saints who have owned him? You know, might be actually a good bet to make. Take take the under and what Brady's going to put up. And if you want to bet responsibly... Get the 125% bonus. Use the link in my bio at Duck Millard on Twitter and get your 125% bonus. Would you start Tom Brady this weekend? Will you make a bet on the Saints? Great weekend to bet on the Saints because they have owned Brady in his career. Like, look at those numbers. In since, actually, since 2020, since he or not since since he joined the Bucks, these are the numbers. Gets sacked a lot more, way more pressures. His percentage, his passer ratings are really, really low. So you might want to avoid the goat this weekend. All right, going to duck out for a short break, and we're going to get our next guest all lined up to talk a little hockey prospects tournament in Buffalo. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. We're back in a second.
All right, uh, just about uh, 20 past uh, 5 p.m. in the east, uh, 2.20 in the Pacific time zone, and uh, or one, yeah, 2.20, 3.20 in the mountain time zones. Uh, I am definitely not Brian Williams uh, when it comes to uh, time zones and all that fun stuff, but I am a fan of uh, Prospects Hockey. Uh, I can watch prospects hockey. I can watch prospects baseball. I can't watch preseason football, uh, but all other sports I can watch, especially when it's at the prospect level because they're really trying to make an effort and an impression and uh, obviously get invited to main camp and all that good stuff. And there's lots of those tournaments uh, that are going on right now. Uh, The Penticton Young Stars Tournament uh, is kicking off, uh, I believe, tonight in uh, Penticton. And uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, Prospect Tournament uh, kicked off yesterday. And that's where we're really pleased to bring in our next guest. Uh, He is the former director of scouting for the Florida Panthers and now with the Pro Hockey Group, Jason uh, Bukala, joining us. Jason, thanks for being here today. How's Buffalo? It's uh, pretty good. Can you hear me all right, Dean? I sure can. It's kind of loud in here. Yeah, Yeah, we sure can. It's it's. It's good. It's uh, it's absolutely freezing in this practice facility. Uh, I didn't dress appropriately, but uh, I'm doing my best here. You know, that happened to me uh, the very first day of uh, the World Juniors this summer uh, at the World Junior Summer Showcase I, or the, the tournament in Edmonton. I walked in there and thought, I'm bringing a coat tomorrow because this place is cold. And I guess they want to keep the ice as fresh as possible. But, um, you know, prospect tournaments, there's always that... A uh, sense of anticipation and excitement and, you know, what players can step up. From, a, from an organization's point of view, do you, do you try to not to put too much pressure and too much stock into this tournament? Or is this a, a really valuable tool for assessing going into main camp? Well, the tone is always set at rookie camp uh, by the development staff and then you're usually your American League uh, head coach and, and his assistants. Having said that, they would have had a series of meetings probably with the head coach and the general manager and this this group of kids, players, uh, not really kids. I mean, they're up to 24 years old, some of them. But uh, they set the tone for how they want to have their entire uh, training camp uh, progress from this point forward. So uh, it's, it's, it's very important from a uh, development perspective. Some of these kids obviously want to earn a job to get into main camp. And some of them are going to earn contracts out of uh, out of an event like this. Like if you look in Montreal last year, you know Arbor Zikash, uh, who was in Hamilton with the Bulldogs, uh, he earned a, an invite to their rookie camp and then their main camp and and earned a contract out of that. So these events are very uh, very important. They're enthusiastic to be here, and uh, you can tell by the energy in the building. Yeah, and uh, I think it's uh, it's such an exciting time in a young player's career because uh, they're so full of potential. Do you go in uh, with a list of, like, these are the guys I want to watch, um, and, and or is it going in and saying, who's going to catch my eye? How do you prepare for this? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. I mean, if it's their uh, second rookie camp, for example, I want to see it's, uh, the type of progression they've made over the summer strength-wise you know, skating, if it was holding the back a little bit. So there's a little nuances that you're looking to see if they've improved upon through their development uh, process. Uh, When you're talking about guys like Yuri Slavkowski, who played last night his first pro game, if you will, over here, obviously he's played pro in Europe, but 
you know, you want to see how they adapt to the smaller ice and, uh, and the cameras and all the attention that uh, was thrust upon them last night. So there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different things you're looking for. Um, but you can't overvalue and maybe undervalue some of the um, um, little things that go right or go wrong in, the, in this environment. You have to take it one, one kind of almost one shift at a time, to be honest with you. Uh, well, let's start with uh, and, and go right there to Slavkovsky because it's a it's a interesting discussion about you know is this a guy who could be stepping into the Montreal Canadiens lineup this year? Is he better to play in Laval to start? I guess training camp would obviously dictate that, and and he does have the option of of going back to Europe. I guess um, would would it be Montreal or Laval for you if you're looking at Slavkovsky instead of going back to Europe? Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that he's going back to Europe. He's going to either play for the, the Canadians or he's going to play for the, the Rocket. They're going to have him right there in Montreal one way or the other to monitor his development path uh, themselves right in Montreal. So um, he did a lot of things very well last night. He's obviously a big, strong power forward. He extended a lot of plays. He was a man amongst boys in the hard areas. You know, out front to crease, down low in the offensive zone as as first on the scene, he extended a lot of plays and, and made some plays to the net front that uh, were hard to defend. Having said that, uh, there were also a lot of hiccups in his game, uh, you know, some early zone exits and some carrying pucks to the middle of the ice that he's going to have to adapt to. Uh, there's not as much room here, smaller ice, than uh, he's been accustomed to playing in Europe. So there's going to be a little bit of a process, but I expect him to be better tonight uh, in his second game than he was last night. Um, when when we look at, you know, from a fantasy perspective, guys are always wanting to know who are some of the guys that are going to take steps and make hockey teams this year and, you know, maybe contend uh, for the Calder. And, and I know it's kind of harder to do that before training camp with a lot of guys, but I look at a guy like William Eklund, and, and not just because he's on our franchise, but because he looked pretty good in his nine games last year. Uh, who are some of the other guys that, that you think could step onto an NHL roster this year and actually have an impact? Well, the, the leading candidate for the Calder out of the gate for me is Owen Power. I just don't see how he uh, can't be, um, you know, the leader coming out of, you know, he's, he was special at Michigan. He stepped in last year here at the end of the year. He's well-traveled last year. It was in, uh, kind of a, an unusual season, as we all know, with the pandemic and the Olympics and a bunch of different things going on. Uh, but this guy can... You know, run the power play eventually. I don't see it happening necessarily right out of the gate in Buffalo, but he's a guy that uh, is going to really, I anticipate, take the early lead in that type of a category. Um, you know, you mentioned Eklund. I think that's a real good, strong name. I mean, it's just going to be a matter for what he's surrounded with there, uh, with the big team, if he makes a big team. And, and he, I, I don't project him not making the team. It's just going to be a matter of, of what he's surrounded with because – a lot of the support around these Calder uh, candidates, uh, if it's a factor, right? It matters. And uh, we'll see where that goes. There's a couple of kids in Seattle, though. I mean, you know, Matty Beneers, uh, obviously coming out of, uh, out of you know, college hockey. Uh, and then Shane Wright, you know, with the disappointment of falling to four. I think those two kids are going to be highly motivated. And Seattle needs to score goals. I expect to see them on the power play and making things happen, hopefully, potentially there for that uh, franchise because uh, they're going to need it from them, and, and they're going to get a little bit more opportunity than some of the other rookies uh, uh, out of the gate for those special team assignments. 
There's uh, there are some guys that are in great spots and uh, have the opportunity to get a lot of ice time, and and then there's going to be some other rookies uh, and some young players like a guy like Dylan Holloway. Uh, I just don't see the power play time, especially and and the the top six minutes for him to be you know a factor in, in that Calder. Not to say he can't be an effective first year player, but it's all about that situation and, and the amount of time that you get uh, to be able to put up those points. Yeah, well said. I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen, in my view, in Edmonton with uh, with his situation. I mean, when he went to Wisconsin, even in his first year, um, it was uh, his output was a little bit lower than what maybe some people expected, and then he took off from there. I expect the same thing in Edmonton. I mean, let's be honest; they're 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 loaded in their top six, and their top two power play units are are well stacked as well. He's going to have a hard time uh, squeezing any type of ice time into those type of roles uh, unless there's an injury. Um, so the good thing with Holloway is that he can provide some secondary scoring. Uh, he can play fast. He can play fast off the rush. He's got some size to him. So there's a lot of other things that he can do well and hopefully produce a little bit for the Oilers uh, in a secondary role. All right, so lots of movement in the offseason, and so many franchises changed the complexity of, of, of their look. I mean, Ottawa and Montreal, two teams that we've been just talking about a, a little bit. Um, do you see either of those teams um, being able to, you know, turn it around and make a playoff, or are they just going to make small changes and maybe push other teams a little bit? Do you see either of those other teams with enough changes this year to, to make a playoff run? I think Ottawa has a chance. I really do. I think that Cam Talbot's motivated. You know, he got uh, pushed out a little bit there in, in Minnesota, uh, at least in his mind he did. So that shores up the goaltending situation. Obviously adding Giroux and uh, and with, you know, some of those kids getting a year older, um, you know, Stutzler just signed the extension. He's going to be motivated to Chuck's coming in again as a captain. Um, you know, I'm here watching them play right now. Like Shane Pinto looks like he's uh, – uh, ready to challenge for a uh, an NHL job for sure. He scored a great goal here in the first period tonight. One timer from the deep slot in the power play. Uh, Sanderson's here playing tonight. Uh, he's another guy that I forecast uh, sliding into their back end. Like they've got a lot of uptick. Uh, they've got some experience. They've added bodies. I really like the Tyler Mott addition here this week. That the depth, energy type of persistence that uh, that is valuable when you uh, start to you know really target playoff hockey type of games. Um, Montreal is in a different category. I, I do like what they did up front. You know, Suzuki's uh, been recently recently named captain. He's a great player. Bringing Kirby Dock in, Slavkowski. I think if those two play together, you got that size element with skill. Um, I'm a little bit shy on the back end with them, and I'm a little bit worried about their goaltending. I'm not so sure that Jake Allen's a true one. I think he's more like a 1B, and uh, and their defense is, is on the come seat for me. Like it's, uh, uh, I think there's a lot of holes, a lot of inexperience on their back end. So I see Montreal on the outside looking in still, but uh, based on what I'm seeing here, especially with some of their prospects, they're not far off down the line. And then out west, obviously the you know the biggest shakeup came uh, in in my opinion with the the Calgary Flames, and everybody thought the Flames were done and. Brad Trey Living uh, pulls a, a rabbit out of his hat and, and retools on the fly. Uh, when you look at Calgary and you look at Florida, and we'll, we'll just use uh, Huberto and Kachuk, do you think both of those guys are going to have 
similar success that they had on their former teams. Do you think one will be a little better? And and how do you think going from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference might affect both of those guys? Good good question. Uh, Well, I think that Calgary's division is a lot easier. Not a lot easier. That's kind of, you know, it is a National Hockey League, but on balance, it's easier than, than, you know, the Atlantic. The Atlantic is, is stacked with some, some very, very good teams. Um, so having said that, I don't see that there's going to be much of a fall off with either one of those players point production wise. I mean, the truck's probably going to play with Barkov, who's elite top three player in the league for me. Top, I mean, top five for sure. I, you know, I'm biased and when it comes to him, obviously. And, and I think he's really special. Um, but, you know, Huberto, I don't know how they're going to uh, assemble their lines in, in Calgary, but uh, I don't see Huberto taking a step back no matter who he plays with in the middle. I mean, even if he ends up playing with Kadri, for example, I don't see that dropping off at all. I, you know, as, if anything, I think he's going to welcome having that type of grit in the middle on his line and grit and skills. So I don't see them either of them falling off a great deal. Uh, but on balance, I see that Florida is going to fall off, um, you know, losing Uyghur. Uh, on the back end is a massive hole, massive hole that they're going to have a hard time to fill. Um, internally, I don't see it happening right now. And, you know, projecting the roster, I don't see it on paper right now either. So I don't know where that uh, – I don't know where those minutes are going to come from, and I don't know where that point production is going to come from. I mean, the kid is uh, – well, he's not a kid anymore, but, uh, you know, Mackenzie Weger's a great story, and he's like plus 77 in the plus minus over his last three years. And, 40-something points last year, barely played on the power. Or I think I only had three points on the power play last year. So you get an idea of what he's going to bring to Calgary. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores 50 points and plays more on the power play in Calgary. So uh, there's the sleeper, not the sleeper, but point production-wise, there's, the, uh, mm-hmm. there's the anomaly in that trade. Yeah, I, I really think he's going to get an opportunity there as well. Uh, Jason, you spent, obviously, a lot of time with Florida, and, and I still think Alexander Barkov is criminally underrated in the NHL. Spent time with Nashville. Now you have the Pro Hockey Group. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. People can find uh, the website, theprohockeygroup.com. I, I absolutely love this. Tell me what you're doing with this. So during the, uh, the pandemic and, and after I was relieved of my duties in Florida, I still had two years left on my contract. And, you know, you can go one of two ways. You can sit around and wait for the phone to ring and, you know, get your next shell job. Or you can try and come up with a tool that you've, you've seen over the years in the league that there's some missing opportunities to get information quicker and, and more reliably. And, and so the pro hockey group was created. It's very simple. It's, uh, it's a back-end um, scouting tool that populates uh, traditional hockey cards on players. And um, it, it indicates all of their skill attributes. It's actually the exact same template that I created in Florida in terms of um, evaluating players. So all their skill categories are evaluated at the pro hockey group, just like I evaluated players in Florida. And then, of course, you track trending up and down, um, you know, their roles, uh, their point production, um, their ice time, you name it, everything that you would expect to, to get in terms of a game report from the pro level, from an NHL perspective, is exactly what the pro hockey group creates and provides to its end users. So um, I'm really excited with uh, the partnership that uh, we're, we've created recently at, uh, with UFF, as, as you're well aware, and um, I'm excited to uh, welcome then the opportunity to access uh, the information in the database and it uh, it comes from pro and amateur players worldwide. Um, 
you know, my work at Sportsnet, uh, they had exclusive rights to the platform until recently. I signed my extension at Sportsnet. I'll continue to work with them and do all their scouting. But at the same time, this uh, this opportunity here, um, if you were, I see you got the website up there. Like if you were yeah. to click on Jack Campbell's card, it actually flips over and then you see the rest of his uh, skill attributes and his projection and his trending and everything. And, and even on to the left of that, Edward Saleh, the, uh, the Czech, uh, the Czechia prospect for this year's draft, you know, it gives you the projection and how he's, uh, how he's trending coming out of the Holinka Gretzky tournament here in the summertime. So one thing to note, uh, Dino, is that um, the trending and the reporting that you see at the bottom of these, um, the actual game reports, until a player starts to do something new, I'm not just going to provide fluff. Like, we have to see something new uh, be created for, like, Mackenzie Weger is going to have to start to play on the first power play unit for him to get credit as a more of a power play contributor. He sees right. a three out of a ten. He's a three out of a ten coming out of Florida. Uh, I expect that that number will be more like a six out of ten when he gets to Calgary. But he's going to have to establish that, create the the, uh, the trend, and then his uh, his card will update accordingly. So it uh, it gives a lot of uh, it, I don't know what it doesn't give. It gives it gives absolutely <laughs> everything to the end user. There's there's nothing that it doesn't give. And in my days, uh, if Dale Town were to give me a call and say, Jason, you know, what do you think of this player for trade? This is all the type of information that I would have been providing my uh, NHL GM. This is so awesome. I mean, and, and you're right. We're really excited about uh, the partnership with uh, UFFS and the UFHL, and, and this is going to give, uh, you know, I, I'm a little, I'm, I'll say I'm not the happiest because, uh, you know, one of my guys is Craig Button, and I get a lot of this kind of some of the similar information, but in obviously a different way from Craig. Now this is going to level the playing field a little bit in our league because so many people are going to get this great access, but it is wonderful. Now, is this, um, you know, is this available? Who is this available? Is this available to teams out there or, or other, you know, uh, fantasy players? Like who can get this information from the pro hockey group? Well, at this time, Sportsnet and uh, and all of its uh, affiliated uh, platforms uh, have access to it. So, you know, obviously, obviously we use it on TV. We use it a lot behind the scenes at Sportsnet, uh, whether, you know, I'm on the draft panel on TV, live TV, Sam Cosentino, who's a member of your platform as well. Like uh, we all mm -hmm. we all access this type of extra information. Um, but as far as the relationship with uh, with the uh, us going forward in the platform, all of your teams and all of your scouts are going to have access to this. They're going to have to sign up for it. Um, there's packages that I know Larry Fisher is going to uh, reveal here at the beginning of the week next week, I believe. Um, but it's very cost effective. I mean, I'm talking as little as, I think on the scout side, 10 bucks a month for, for access to all the information. And they'll get their own uh, login code and uh, they'll be able to pull this type of thing up on, uh, on their cell phones, tablets, flat, you know, desktops you name it you could be in a bar with a buddy arguing over a player or, <laughs> or you, you got a trade on the horizon and you could pull up five player comparisons all at one time and uh, have all the information at your disposal in a matter of seconds without having to search all over the internet to uh, to try and you know extrapolate information from five different sources it'll be all right there in front of you in a matter of seconds so it's pretty cool it's a great tool for me i use it all the time and, and what about uh, the general public? Uh, is there any, you know, access that you guys are looking at? You know, the prohockeygroup.com is the website. Uh, can, can other people uh, possibly reach out to you at the contacts and, and find out more information about this? Yeah, going forward, we're going to, uh, we're going to create uh, an opportunity to access this. But, again, it's going to come through uh, UFS when we do that. So 
Um, I guess I would say stay tuned on that. The strategy is, you know, I'm uh, myself and my staff, uh, we're busy doing what we do in terms of populating things, uh, but we don't have the infrastructure to necessarily uh, manage a subscription-based website. So we're going to, uh, that's part of the excitement of this relationship that I have with you guys, because we're going to be able to manage it through there. And, uh, and it's got a lot of uh, uptick, right? You can use it for fantasy. You can use it for sports betting. You can use it for a bunch of different things. But the source is going to be uh, your website and then uh, going from there. Awesome. Jason, this was a great uh, start conversation. I hope we get to do this a lot more. Enjoy uh, being back in a rink again. And uh, this is uh, an amazing tool that I know everybody's going to make good use of. So thanks so much for joining me today. And I hope we can chat again. Yeah, look forward to it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Dino. You too. Take care. Uh, There's uh, Jason uh, Bukala, who is uh, from the Pro Hockey Group, former uh, director of scouting for the Florida Panthers, uh, also a North American scout with the Nashville Predators. This is amazing. Like, this site is next level when it comes to... And listen, you heard it. It's for UFFS right now. And Sportsnet. So you want access to this, you better get involved with an Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League team or a UFWJ or a UFAHL team. Get this access. This is next level stuff. The ProHockeyGroup.com. That was awesome. And getting up to date, up updates rather, <laughs> up to date updates, uh, getting updates on that uh, rookie tournament in Buffalo. And, you know, Shane Pinto, he said, look good. Jake Sanderson out there. He's going to be another great uh, Ottawa Senator uh, Yuras Lakoski uh, finding out some some information about him always helpful. I know Arnie is great and loves that. Tony says, "Hey Dean, was uh, just busy but jumped on now. Dean hates preseason football and plus minus in hockey. Yeah, I do. I I do. I hate pre I hate preseason football more than plus minus though. Like I'll accept plus minus. I just can't stand watching preseason football." Sorry. Andrea says, we are very excited about the partnership. This tool is a must need for UFF sports hockey scouts. It's incredible. The, the deep, the, uh, the depth that they go on these prospects. And Rick says the info on Jason's site is crazy. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy. Awesome is what it is. I mean, it doesn't get any better, in my opinion. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. All right, uh, one more small break on the show. When we come back, we're going to take a look back at uh, some moves in baseball, some top-shelf fantasy performers, as well, what was more impressive in our question of the day? Before that, though, I want to tell you about something very, very cool. It is the Ultimate Crypto Driving Championship. Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the Global Sim Racing Champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. 
winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. to ultimate uh, crypto drivers championship uh, video and this is incredible vr1 racing is a crypto centric professional sim racing league its primary goal is to provide effective marketing tool uh, for crypto projects to get noticed because of course it's not the easiest and can be very expensive uh, with questionable results. VR1 Racing provides a year-long entertaining platform that gives projects ongoing exposure, full broadcasts, Twitch, YouTube, Metaverse, watch parties, design contests, and more. Solid, solid marketing tour opportunities everywhere for this. Check out more information at uffsports.com slash VR1. It's going to be awesome, and your project can get involved. You can design your own car. You can have your logo on your car. So much uh, cool opportunities with this one. What didn't I show yet? Oh, this is kind of cool last night. Uh, Alex Goligoski. Great number on Goligoski. I thought for sure he was going to fan this off the grass, but this thing is a strike right down the middle. We'll work on his spin rate a little. That's pretty incredible. Incredible. And impressive. I think I just tried to combine a word. But Alex Goligoski uh, threw out, shot the first pitch last night with his stick. Like, you know how easy that would have been to get your stick caught in the grass? I gotta get this ticker out of the way here. Like, look at this. Look at the... Just a little flick... And it's a dart. That's impressive. Alex Golikowski shooting the first pitch. Awesome. Uh, we also talked about this uh, earlier briefly with Mooch, uh, but this is pretty incredible. 
Another WNBA and UFWBA game uh, in the books in the final. And it was Alyssa Thomas's triple-double last night that got all the attention. First ever in WNBA Finals history. 16 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. Keeping the Connecticut Sun alive in Game 3. Great for the Bull City Blazers, who continue the UFWBA onslaught on the Sparrows. Now, the Sparrows, they were a Cinderella run. It's the biggest fantasy point night yet for the Blazers. 200 points on the nose. 51 and a half from Thomas. The Sparrows, they got decent outings from John Quell Jones and Jackie Young, almost combined 57 and a half, but the star power of the Blazers keeps them up by a whopping 534 and a half to 253 and a half heading into game four, which is Sunday night. And if necessary, there will be a game on Tuesday, game number five. Impressive stuff. Almost as impressive as Pat Mahomes. The sidearm shuffle was beautiful last night. Almost as nice as Mike Williams' one-handed catch. Unbelievable catch to get the right hand down and makes that catch. But the location of the ball gives him a chance. Pretty tight coverage. So, question of the day, who was better last night, Mahomes or Williams? Mahomes with a sidearm shuffle, Williams with a one-hand dandy. I don't know. I, I'm going to say Williams one-handed. I still think that's a lot harder to do uh, than anything else. But that sidearm, like threading the needle, perfect. Also, last night, I thought the broadcast was pretty good. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels on Prime Video. Do you give it thumbs up or thumbs down? And in addition to that, who is your top three play-by-play crews? Bob Cole, Harry Neal, Tom Cheek, Jerry Howarth, and Jim Nance, Tony Romo for uh, myself. As for the uh, contest last night when it came to fantasy production... Herbert and the Chargers open the scoring with a one-yard TD. Apologize, I had to sneeze three times. Um, They open the scoring, and then Mahomes got it going with that sidearm shuffle. Justin Watson then turns J.C. Jackson inside out. That was uh, quite an interesting uh, play last night. I mean, J.C. Jackson was a big addition, and he got turned inside out. Uh, So that touchdown was big. Uh, Herbert uh, had more points, lost the game, though. Mahomes still with a respectable 21 points, so obviously didn't put up the 300-plus yards and uh, four or five touchdowns. Eckler outpoints uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, Mike Williams crushes uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Joshua Kelly, uh, we told you not to sit him. We told you not to sit Jarek McKinnon. He had nine points as well. Joshua Palmer, we said start him. He comes in with 13 points. Hopefully you listen. And hopefully you didn't listen to us. I, I should have said sit Marquez Valdez-Scandling. Justin Watson was the guy who got the uh, secondary points. And how about Gerald Everett 
outpointing Travis Kelsey. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Child, please. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. It's some bull crap. Yeah, that's what Travis Kelsey owners are saying. It's some bull crap uh, for sure. And if you missed this earlier, uh, we showed you uh, what the GOAT has done against New Orleans or his kryptonite. Tom Brady struggles against the Saints. So going back to 2020, he has a 25-5 and record, 78 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and 105.9 passer rating against every team he's faced except for the Saints. The Saints own him. He's their gimp. 0-4, six touchdown passes, eight picks, 71.5 passer rating. If you can avoid it, you might not want to start Tom Brady this weekend. I know that sounds weird, but I told you he's going to disappoint somebody in fantasy, and it's probably going to be this weekend with this game. If you want to make a bet, Use the link in my bio at Duck Millard to get a 125% bonus at BetUS. Bet responsibly. Use my code at Duck Millard and get a 125% bonus when you sign in. Uh, a couple of notes. PK's Place uh, is coming up. Uh, a new show with PK Subban which is modeled after Peyton's place where Peyton Manning interviews important people around the game of football. Uh, PK is still looking for a place to play. Apparently this show uh, won't be affected by wherever he plays. Uh, they've already shot a bunch of episodes. I think this is good. This is going to raise uh, the awareness of the game uh, and raise awareness for the great things in the game. So I'm looking forward to this. I will watch episodes. I like PK Zuban. He's entertaining. I thought he was a good hockey player as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. That's us. We've added two new people to the day, the weekly roster. Tom Gazzola, who joined us on Wednesday, will join us every Wednesday at five, 3 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Or no, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. our time, local time. We'll go around the NHL with Tom. He covers the Oilers for TSN 1260, and he also is an NHL correspondent. And Mike Amato from Dauber Hockey will join us every Thursday at 5.20 Eastern to get you set for the weekend of hockey and look back on the week. So really excited about Mike and Tom uh, joining Larry Fisher, Jamie Thomas, and Andy McNamara, who joined me already on Mondays for Jamie Thomas, Tuesdays for Larry, and Thursdays for Andy. And we're working on more great guests to join us every single week to give you the fantasy edge. And certainly, um, you know, we're, we're trying to give you that edge. And, and this is one thing, like, I don't know what you do with Juan Soto. Like, what is the answer for Juan Soto? This is him looking at a pitch last night. It's like with Tom Brady. He's going to struggle, but do you bench him? Would you bench Juan Soto with what he's doing right now? Seven strikeouts in his last 10, just three hits in 15 games, and 44 at-bats, no home runs. He's the 84th-ranked player on CBS right now. So if you drafted him one, you must be freaking out. This is the playoffs. Do you sit Juan Soto in your playoffs? Playoffs? 
He's damaging. But if you sit him, does he break out? Ozzie Albies activated by the Braves. Uh, he had a broken foot, was on the 60 DIL. Huge for the Braves. Uh, they're trying to chase down the bats one game back. And tonight, will we see this man do it again? Judge and the Yankees taking on the Brewers. We're going to have inside UFLB at 7 tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. So about an hour from now. And we'll be locking in to see what Judge is going to do. Can he get number 58 tonight? I said, I honestly think this guy's going to be at 61 by Monday. I think Aaron Judge gets 61. He's going to get four home runs this weekend against the Brew Crew. Bold predictions were yesterday, but I said it then too. I think Judge is going to get it done. But I don't know. I don't know what you do if you have Juan Soto and you're in a playoff right now and he is watching strikes go by. It's infuriating. I get it. It's infuriating. All right. Really fun show today. Uh, really enjoyed our guests, uh, the conversations that we were able to have uh, with everybody, especially uh, Mooch, Alex Machinsky joining us, nine UFFS franchises, and Jason Bukala of uh, the Pro Hockey Group, uh, formerly director of uh, scouting for the Florida Panthers. We're back again on Monday. We'll wrap up some prospect tournaments, obviously week number two in the NFL and uh, the college football season as well inside uflb back tonight in about an hour's time um we'll maybe play a portion of that conversation with mooch about uh, why Aaron judge is the mvp thank you so much uh, for joining me on the show today have yourself a wonderful but most importantly safe weekend everybody thank you again for joining us have a great weekend and we will talk to you on, well, I'll see you in about an hour. For this show, I'll talk to you in an hour. Thanks, now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.